This is Kings and Conquerors, an Age of Empires 2 podcast by Chris Mom and Pennebeusje. Hello there, and welcome to the Kings and Conquerors Age of Empires 2 podcast, a podcast where you are the kings and queens and we conquer different topics. On today's episode, it will be a little different to what you are used to. We promised you an episode about third-party software and tools for November, but surely you've seen the title and the length of this episode and noticed something was off. Maybe let me first start by introducing myself. I am Pennenbersche, and today I will be speaking to you directly. As at the time of recording, Kirst is traveling. So let's all wish him a vibrant vacation. Now, the reason for my solo debut is not solely my personal loss to feed my vanity. Although, for once, it will be nice not to have every take I offer to be contested by that scoundrel of a co-host. But rather by circumstance, we were forced to change our plans and we wanted to offer you an explanation and content as you are due. As you probably know, the Mountain Royals DLC was leaked, announced and released in the past month. Tournaments have ended, started and others were announced. Players and streamers changed platforms or retired. Age of Empires 2 suddenly had a lot of changes to discuss. So we couldn't just go with what we had planned. However, the timing of all these changes came at an inconvenient time with Curse traveling and me being in the last weeks before becoming a father and circumstantially also the last weeks in my current job before I start another one after my paternity leave. As you can see, Change is the theme this month, and as we announced last month, change is also coming to our podcast and to our format. By the way, we are still welcoming feedback in that regard, so tell us what you like or dislike uh, about the podcast and what do you envision for our future. Our December episode will be solely focused on the podcast and what we plan to offer you in 2024. So, once again... All suggestions are welcome. Just to be clear, before that December episode, you can expect another and proper episode for November 2023, talking about the recent changes in Age of Empires 2. However, at this time, I cannot make any promises for an exact date, as apparently childbirth can't be scheduled. Now, because I don't know when we will be able to supply you with your proper content, I will offer you some of my current thoughts about Age of Empires 2 topics. Without Cursed to join in, you can expect some in-depth 200 IQ viewpoints. Cursed, if you are listening to this, take notes, I can explain it slowly to you afterwards. No, but seriously, uh, I'm going to talk about three topics, I think, shortly, just my viewpoints on it. And uh, I'm going to talk about a strategy, or strategy, it's not really a strategy, just a broken unit in the current uh, DLC. Just that unit, um, because I expect it to change really, really soon. And if you want to try it out, now's the time. 
maybe you shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't say it, but I'll do it anyway, just a broken unit. Then I'm going to talk about Monk some more. We had an episode about it recently and there's been some feedback and I've come to my own personal opinion about where they are at. Some changes haven't made and just that in particular. And then I'm going to talk about T90 Titans League, just because when we do release our episode, I think tournament-wise there will be a lot of other things going on. So just those three topics. So the first one, the Monespa. Uh, it's the unique unit of the new Georgian civilization. And well, without going too much in depth, it's just completely broken. It's creating super fast, it's cheap, and its stats are comparable to that of a knight. Um, maybe a little weaker to archer fire, but it wins the one-on-one. And the most busted thing about it is that it gains attack uh, for nearby Manaspa or nightline units, but Manaspa basically is it. Um, the castle produces them. Uh, if you have like the production speeds, it's almost the same as three stables producing knights. So it's more than two stable knight production. It's like almost a third. Um, so that's really, really fast. And the thing is, for um, instead of going imp or instead of booming, if you just keep on making manaspas from a castle, in castle you can get like an unstoppable snowball going. And I theorized about their power before um, release. There was a pr public preview about it. So when they released, I tried them out a few times on the rank letter and it's completely busted. Um, I stopped creating villas at 40 villagers, just made manaspas, I defeated camels, um, just melted TCs, melted castles. It's, yeah, I've an inflated elo now. I think I'll um, have to yeah, grind my way down after this. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's way too easy. Um, so that will need to change. If you do want to try it out, maybe... Well, I tried it on the rank ladder, which is maybe a bit... Uh, I wouldn't say toxic, but not not good. Uh, but if you do want to inflate your elo, maybe now's the time to try it, because that is definitely going to change. However, maybe you do it just once, try it out, or try it out with a friend in the lobby, because personally, I don't want to see this unit all the time on the rank ladder. I think you don't want to as well. I did it to try it out. Now that I've seen its power, I want to talk to you about it. But yeah, that's a weird thing. That's like giving someone a gun and saying not to shoot. But yeah, that's what I'm trying to do here. <laughs> All right, so uh, don't try it. But if you do, you will be rewarded with free ELO. That's the thing. <laughs> now, the second topic I wanted to discuss is the monks. We've talked to you in our episode about monks, about monks, how they work, um, what text to get with them. But there was some controversy, controversy, controversy. I don't know how to you say the word controversy, I think, uh, about monks in high level that they were always used. And just like a lot of pro and contra, I think it's mainly AM, like Hera, MBL, those guys that are against monks or vocally against monks. And then I think if you go away from the pro level, the discussion isn't really that mm, alive, let's say. But now in the current patch, they've made some changes. And I think those are good ones. Those are like bug abuse things. 
where you could charge the conversion, as we said in our previous episode, and then switch to a unit. That's been changed. If you switch from building to unit, now uh, you restart the conversion. And the other one is where you click villagers to um, make them run away from their tasks. So if they're building a castle, things like this. So that's not really the monk mechanics, but more the bug abuses that were used. Or like, not really bug abuses, but abusing the mechanics to get an advantage. But then monks in general, the I think the people that are against it, um, which are maybe mainly Hera fans, and um, yeah, I think so. <laughs> They're stating things like you see monks every game, monks can't be countered, and you can counter them only with monks. And as a result of this, you see monks every game now. Only look at TTL. You saw a lot of monks there almost every game. And then supposedly the fact that monks are being played every game is a bad thing. But I think you see archers every game. You see knights every game. There's a lot of things you see every game. The fact that monks have been added to it is just nice for game diversion or for it just means that they've become more viable or people see how viable they are um i don't think the clown full monk play like we see on arena is really in our game at this time and i do feel like yeah i like personally i like the rng element of it if it would be a measured thing you would always know when to run away or when to attack the monk I like that there's something RNG in our game that can that you basically take a gamble. If you go for monks or you move against monks, it's always a bit of a gamble. And personally, I like this. It's uh, as a viewer, I like a game where a knight mass swings to the opponent because, like, it's a 50-50 chance more often than not. If the monks die to the knights, we don't really think like, "Wow, what happened just now." But if it's the knights being converted, it's like, yeah, it's a big notable thing, right? So I'm not sure about the statistics of how good monks are. And to me personally, they don't feel overpowered at all. And if they were, then I think if they were bring more nerfs to monks, it would make them even less played or playable on the level of myself. And I think most of our listeners and most of the players um yeah monks are only as good as your micro as we said in our previous episode so basically if you have 10000 apm let's say monks are the broken best unit in the game but you don't have that right and you have to individually task them to be really efficient and personally for me that's hard i can control like two three maybe four monks but if it's more than that i will struggle um, I struggle anyway controlling military and eco. So uh, if they would change it too much, like um, I've heard things like manually healing or yeah, things like this, I would say monks would just become a unit we never see unless you watch tournaments and you watch pro players. And I believe there's another reason why monks are a bit of... Um let's say, debated unit right now. And it's because they are a bit different than most other things in our game. And that's the fact that they have an RNG element to them. While the rest of our game, it's all really, really measured. There's tiny advantages here and there. And a high level player, they play with, with solid builds. They 
measure their fights and it's just of being correct about your assumption but usually most of them are like 90% correct and it's like in the the last 10% where their tactics are um, varying especially the AM players they play really really into the meta and then they are also fast they're also just good at executing good at their fights good at the micro um, and still keeping their eco running and that's uh, I feel like because they are really against it, it's partly because it doesn't really suit their strengths. And I believe it's it's a game, right? And I enjoy a bit of randomness to it. Uh, of course, on a competitive level, it can't be too much. But in my personal opinion, monks right now aren't too random at all. There's like a minimal time before conversion starts. And yeah, I feel like they're solid. And I want to keep him this way. I've heard some arguments being made to add some text to it. Um, which one was it? That like building redemption right now allows you to convert buildings and siege. Uh, to change that, to have like multiple text for it, to add other text that add some healing range and let them start with less healing, um, not healing range, conversion range. Uh, and that there's another tech to get the full conversion range, a castle tech. And I do think that's pretty nice, um, just because I like more techs because it adds strategic variety. It's another choice you have, and it's like a priority list. Which techs do you want at which time? And it all adds up. So the strategic element would increase with more techs with Fordham. Um, but personally, again, on an intermediate level, I think this just makes them harder to play, harder to manage, harder to make the most happen with them. Um, but on a competitive level, I would really, really like it. So that's something they could do, but their strength, in my opinion, should remain the same. Then, um, yeah, so it's basically a monologue. It feels weird. I actually miss curse. I thought it would be nice to just, because I also don't know if I say everything I wanted to say, which I have anyway, but um yeah it's it's weird not to have someone to talk to but um still i promised to also talk about ttl a bit um just because i feel like when we are going to do the full episode later this month um probably a lot will have happened time will have passed um and i think we will be able to fill up the episode with all the current events and this is a time when TTL might still be in the top of your memory. So T90 Titans League, I feel like the biggest uh, recurring event we have right now, the most of a league format, uh, it has three different leagues, the Platinum League for the top players, then the Gold League and the Silver League. So it gives a lot of chances to players that aren't usually in the top, uh, top, top players for competitive Age of Empires. And I feel like this season we really saw the results of that. We have um, Freaking Andy, which we talked about previously, but also Barls and ATCM might not be a new name, but yeah, those three guys making it to the top eight. Uh, and that's really, really an achievement for them. And it's pretty cool to see them uh, going up that far. It's also really nice to see unique maps players preparing for these maps. I feel like 
yeah, that's the thing I, I love most about TTL. Uh, first of all, the, the players and, and the variation of players there, but also the maps, the map pools. They're always very, very varied. They have some new maps, which we don't really know from the ladder or from other tournaments. So players are um, pushed towards strategizing about them, thinking about how to play them. And you can see the meta uh, just being born during TTL and then evolving. Some people uh, making counter strategies to what's proven to be viable. And that's so cool. That gives a chance also to these players because the top players, they've played so many games on Arabia, so many games on Arena that they don't really need to prepare. They just need to be sharp. And um, yeah, this tournament really, really mixes things up. Personally, I would love to have some of these maps in our game, in our map pool. I feel like maps like Coast to Mountain and Eldorado were really, really solid additions to the game. And then my two favorite maps were uh, Fractal and uh, Spiral. Those games, those maps were, were yeah, so unique, so well-balanced, and they added so much variety of playstyle to it, so many choices to make as a player of how to play them. And at the start of, of the tournament, those two maps, I had no idea what you should do on a map, but then, yeah, those maps were figured out and I feel like it's a shame that right now after this tournament we yeah we are saying goodbye to them um, on a competitive or top level Age of Empires and me as an intermediate player I would really really love to play them uh, com competitively for me in in our game and yeah maybe in the future that will be a possibility to add some maps but for the moment uh, yeah, all these maps are just to be downloaded as a mod and then you can find someone to play them with you in a lobby. Um, now the winners, they're the top four, they're, uh, or the top five, uh, let's say, or they're the usual. Leary was ranked number five, number four was Tato, number three Yo, and then in the finals, Hera beat the Viper. So they are more the predictable players, but still they really had to work for it this time around. And that's also a pretty cool thing, like every match counts in this tournament, which is a bit of a difference where usually the, the victor, the winner takes it all. But now some pros actually didn't make it up that high because of losing some rounds earlier. I really like this as well. It, it adds the pressure. It also adds the reward for these upcoming players and, and the pressure for the established players to really prove themselves. But then... Um, yeah, those top players, um, they just show that they're the best, right? And I feel like Hera came the most prepared of all. He won deservedly. Uh, feel like I've already talked about AM and the way they play. They really follow the meta. They really follow. Yeah, they pick up on whatever's good and they perfect it. And watching Hera is like watching, uh, uh, let's say, uh, an example by a teacher of how to play Age of Empires. It's really, really solid. Um, the Viper came in second. I feel like his preparation might have been lacking, especially during the set with Hera. I saw like the last game when basically every game on on the last game was Eldorado. Pretty cool map. Water on the around it. In the middle, there's gold. But most strategies had uh, land strategies had proven to be not as good. Uh, players really, really needed to focus on the water. 
because the water can keep anyone alive. And he focused on uh, Dungeon Rush, which was at a time of uh, really, really strong on the ladder. And I feel like he could have had success, but I felt like the moment he did it, uh, yeah, it had been tried before by GL players. It, yeah, I wasn't convinced and I thought, okay, this is over. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, and I feel like Hera, he really doesn't like take the higher risks. And I feel like if you do the higher risks, you really need to have prepared it and be solid at the execution. So, yeah, TTL, um, what do I want to say? Yeah, cool, the map variation, the new players, the fact that everyone needs to fight for their place, no matter how established they are. And I hope we will see uh, more of it in the future. The promotion and delegation, relegation of it is, is really, really awesome. Uh, so yeah, that came to a conclusion. I think if you want to check some high-level Age of Empires and you don't really watch everything and you're not watching whatever's going on live, TTL might be a nice place to start. And I think that concludes it for this Minnesota. Um, so yeah, I've said it before, I actually missed Cursed. It's weird talking to myself talking about whatever I thought of Age Vampires recently, but without anyone to to go back and forth with. So I'm not really sure if it if it all came out coherent. Uh, no one to call me out for it, for my rambling. So um, I hope that very soon I will be able to do the full episode with Cursed. We'll be talking about the DLC, the, the balance changes that have been made, well, basically everything Age of Empires of the recent, uh, of this current uh, moment in time. And then uh, again for December, it will be more focused on the podcast itself and what we want to do with it. But we really, really want to have your uh, input for this one. So please send us um, your feedback. We have... Um, we are open for it on the Discord. You can also send us an email. I'll repeat our email address for this one again. Uh, it's kingsandconquerorspodcast at gmail.com. So whatever you want to say about the podcast, is it about a segment that you like right now? Is it about something you don't like right now? And you say like whatever, you might not keep it for the future. Um, or if it's for something you would like to see added to our our format or the way we go about it yeah just whatever let us know and with that being said i will end this monologue my throat is hurting um well not really but yeah <laughs> i've said enough goodbye mm -hmm.